0: Welcome back to Mism, a philosophy podcast for students of philosophy, because that really is what we all are, seekers of knowledge. Happy Friday, and once again, it's time to philosophize. This week, I'm going to talk about the importance of ritual and tradition, especially as explored through ancient Chinese philosophy, um, specifically in Confucius's Analects. During my freshman year at Villanova, I took this class that required reading various ancient philosophers, and one of those ancient periods um, was within Chinese philosophy, and um, that philosophy that stuck out the most to me in that unit was Kongzi's Analects. Um, The Analects are a collection of Confucius' sayings and ideas that are largely attributed to ancient Chinese philosophical roots and thoughts and kind of like... Is it is almost stoic in a way, but it's a very particular way of thought, and um, it's presented in little um, sayings and ideas. And I think it is it's very helpful. It's almost like a a kind of book of advice um, in small chunks. And so, I, yeah, I find inspiration from this. And as I was reading back through my old essays, I rediscovered my writing on the Analects, and I think that. Discussing it is, you know, fruitful for me and will get me back into this Chinese philosophy. And the concept I want to focus on most during this episode is the importance of ritual and tradition. You know, rituals and traditions define society and they provide a common ground for the cultivation of knowledge and understanding. Now, ritual is a link from the past to the present and gives immortality to our temporality by connecting us with the divine now how does it do that well it, it makes us link it makes us link because ritual is a kind of intentional practice that's um preset and it um guides certain social interactions and it gives us a way to connect us with the divine with some kind of ruling And human intention is the link between the past and the present within ritual because we engage with the past and the present through ritual and tradition. Ritual is the element that adheres us to the definition of a link from the past to the present through an act from human intention. In Kongzi's Analects, we see that rituals played an important role in the pursuit of virtue in ancient China. Now, these same foundational principles that Kongzi services in the Analects pertain to modern daily life as, you know, human nature is predictable and it follows historical patterns. And rituals are an important part of human nature because we're defined by our history and bonds with each other's and things around us. Furthermore, rituals help us identify our purpose. Kongzi believes that adhering to ritual is ethically indispensable because it enforces individuals' moral duties while strengthening the social order within they participate. Um, This this suggests that humans rely on ritual to comfortably navigate through their lives to their mortality. And I'm going to say three ways I think that humans do this. Um, through ritual and supported by Kong's Analects. So the first way in which humans do this is demonstrated in the purpose of rituals as a way to create stories and enforce habitual actions that define the identities of individuals in their communities. It's true, at least I, I hope it is true, that humans value the study of history, philosophy, and literature I hope this is true, because if it's not, it's trouble for me. (laughs) No, but humans rely on the studies of these subjects to answer existential questions about life. And these answers that we compose to existential questions guide our actions and intentions while we navigate to our mortality. And ritual is a reoccurring theme that arises as a potential answer to the question of how certain tendencies for intention and expectations for an action arose in society. Ritual preserves society's integrity as it institutes traditions that guide us to respond appropriately to a plethora of experiences and situations. Now, Confucius, you know, in his Analects, he answers a noble question about the roots of ritual in... um specifically chapter 3, section 4 of the Analects, where he posits that when it comes to ritual, it's better to be bare than extravagant. When it comes to mourning, it is better to be excessively sorrowful than fastidious. And this Analect emphasizes the importance of the integrity supporting an action. Society is driven by this conceptual mean of action, which leads us to act in accordance with expectation and reverence. Now, when I talk about means, it makes me think of Aristotle's doctrine of the mean. Aristotle comes a little bit later, but, you know, Aristotle's doctrine of the mean. That suggests that any quality that is a virtue or something worth pursuing is the mean between excess and deficiency. Um, You know... It's almost a spectrum, and we want the middle. We want some kind of integrity within an action that is not within an excess and not within a deficient um, state. In this way, ritual balances the virtue by calling for that mean of action. In integrity, integrity is the union between thought and action. And in order to perform a ritual, one must have integrity shown through the mean of action and this is kind of thought continued by kongzi in chapter one section two as he conveys that when it comes to the practice of ritual it is harmonious ease that is to be valued harmonious ease very interesting term it refers to the innate balance between tradition and innovation demonstrated through everyday action it is a spontaneity out of which our natural good develops and a virtuous actor performs acts and experiences emotions from harmonious ease. So harmonious ease is the key. Eh, well, if individuals practice reverence um, or practice r- rituals with reverence, then the integrity becomes a habit and becomes harmonious ease. So I guess it is reverence and integrity then that guides the goodness of a ritual, perhaps. But habits are semi permanent and they stay there if there's no intervention. And so the good and virtuous actor is he who has cultivated good habits of harmonious ease. These semi permanent values drive society's quote unquote goodness complex, which is this term I came up with. And I believe that the goodness complex, or, you know, whatever we may call it, is the subconscious ability of individuals to choose actions oriented toward positive progress. I believe that, you know, individuals subconsciously choose to act in a way that is um, promoting goodness, promoting helping and well-being, sentiments of that. Um, And so I kind of, you know, coined positive progress. It's this goodness complex. And the goodness complex is the kind of movement toward habits of harmonious ease displayed by a whole mass of people. And that's what we're kind of aiming at. Positive progress connects different cultures with similar practices that focus on the way various groups conceive of the truth. This is how we'll, you know, unite society. This is the kind of way we account for unity within all of these different cultures. In modern society, different cultures practice similar traditions, for instance, when Morning, well, we attend awake we give eulogies and after the funeral we circulate great stories about the lives of our lost loved ones um and because death is the inevitable end of the temporal human condition we must navigate toward it and deal with it we don't have any other choice because um, we're temporal and to lessen the emotional stress on us because you know thinking about death it's not fun i guess we do so in a way that's both reverent and communal. Um, we honor. We do practices of connection between what is and what was. Um, the rituals surrounding mourning and loss attempt to bridge that comfort element to our journey of navigating to our mortality. Though death is the end of our temporal human condition, there is some sentiment expressed toward life after death. And that is the link um, within these kinds of rituals and traditions. And throughout centuries and between centuries and cultures, we develop and share rituals in order to pursue goodness and practice virtue. That's one of the main drivers of performing a ritual and sharing them. And when participation in ritual becomes second nature and comes without struggle the action radiates outward and extends goodness to the surrounding community. It's this kind of radiation um, from one to the others, from high to the low, and um, it's almost platonic in a way. Um, it's the extension of ritual from one practicing individual to a surrounding community proves that the whole and habitual virtue of an actor is there. Habitual practice of harmonious ease and second nature extension sets the foundation for goodness to flourish. So that's that's the first way uh, we rely on ritual um, to navigate to our death. But the second way is also pretty interesting. I identify the second way in which we rely on ritual to comfortably navigate through our lives to our mortality is through the understanding of how the indispensability of ritual is connected to humanity's naturally communal nature. Now, rituals tie time, individuals, and generations together. They bond communities and individuals to each other, but also with their placement on the historical continuum. Abiding in rituals connects humanity to its core, which is human interaction over a long period of time, or some period of time. So, human interaction over some period of time. Now, multi-generational interaction is what our society thrives upon. We love hearing from older people because they have something that we don't, which is life experience and potential wiseness, (laughs) um... But without the stories and traditions of our ancestors, humans would lack an understanding of their origins and their place in history. And I'm sure we've all heard the saying that without a regard to what has happened in the past, man is doomed to repeat history. Without knowledge of the past, then possibility of progress is diminished. We must have human interaction, share in each other's experiences in order to learn the most about how we ought to act and why. And... In chapter 3, section 12 of the Analects, Kongzi asserts a similar kind of stance. He says that, you know, individuals should comport themselves as if these spirits were present. If these people aren't fully present at the sacrifice, it is as if they did not sacrifice at all. Now, Kongzi alludes to rituals requiring a psychological engagement and the mental imaging of others involved, at least if others aren't involved at all, in presence, I guess, but practicing reverence to ancestors through ritual requires the recognition that there are more than two parties involved, i.e. multi-generational or multi, you know, trans-spatial maybe interaction. Kongzi conveys that we as humans are not going through life by ourselves. Rituals shape our awareness of our condition in relation to others. The connection between ourselves and our ancestors can be made through the participation and understanding of ritual. We indeed are not the first ones ever to experience life. Um, We'd be naive and dumb to think so. Um, And we're not the only ones on this planet either. Um, We are going through life alongside others and we're following others and making a path toward the future for others. There's just a constant orientation toward otherness within like, you know, our own self-absorption um, to a degree because, you know, got to be egoistic in a way to survive, I guess. Um, but Kongzi emphasizes the recognition of others required and engagement and ritual that is imperative for being virtuous in navigation through to our mortality. And the realization of our shared human condition and our common reliance on society and societal structures is what reveals the authenticity of the human experience. Nothing about the human condition is new. It's all repetitive and predictable. Rituals are rhythms for humans evolved corporate life. They provide order where otherwise there would be amorphous chaos. Um, this idea is introduced by Zee, um through ancient Chinese competition etiquette Um, In chapter 3, section 4 of the Analects, sentiment during competition is not exempt to the mutual recognition of our human condition, um, Kongzi says, because gentlemen bow and defer to one another, and they mutually offer up toasts before they um, fight, or, you know, I guess compete. This is a testament to the idea of mutual engagement and pointing the actions toward the cultivation of a collective body. And the concept of individual cultivation, extending to mutuals and surrounding communities is still relevant today. For instance, there is a multicultural, encompassing tradition during the Olympics of passing the torch between competitors of each country. There's respect, there's compassion and integrity present in this tradition. Moreover, this Olympic tradition cultivates the collective body's unification, even during competition, Like the competition etiquette in the Analects, the torch relay provides order while connecting human beings in their nationally identified communities. And even in the environment of the highest level of competition, the Olympics or some sort of um, ancient Chinese competition, Confucius enforces the importance of seeing others in our relationships with them. One must do life and ritual with others because that is what makes life meaningful. Now, the third and last way in which I think you know, humans rely on ritual to comfortably navigate through their lives to their mortality is how our communities have an affinity for predictability, which is supported by establishing traditions and shared practices for different occasions that link the past with the present. These rituals which may include both seasonal and religious rites or everyday etiquette, provide humanity with regularity and interpersonal connection. Due to our social condition and our innate orientation toward benevolence and generally, people like order, and they have a preference for identifying with groups. The rites... Give society a sense of regulation or predictability to the temporality of their own life by having certain periodic traditions occur regularly. Humans love the known. And when things are known and clear, people feel safe. Um... You don't like not knowing. It's almost like a void of anything could happen at any point. We like to be planners. Um, And Kongzi, he furthers his claim about acting in accordance with the rights, with you know sentiments of predictability and in in line with that in um, chapter 12, section 1 of the Analects. And he says that if for one day you manage to restrain yourself and return to the rights, in this way you could lead the entire world back to goodness. The active practice of ritual leads to discipline. This is what he's saying, essentially. If a collective chooses to abide by rights and become disciplined, then social and moral order is enforced. Individuals feel safe in a community that's predictable and not rash. Rashness does not come from following ritual because ritual is a mean of action. It comes from staying away from it. Rashness is an an access or perhaps a deficiency for a kind of virtue that we would want. But it is, it is not the mean of anything. And um, rashness comes from straying away from rights and, and um, rules and tradition because the way to goodness and moral alignment is paved by society's inclination to abide by the rights and tradition because it advertises comfort and incons- inconsistency. The importance of rituals in relation to cultivating goodness is um, continued throughout um, the Analects in Chapter 10, um, Section 25, I believe. Um, so if you're interested in in looking at cultivating goodness, um, I would recommend looking at the Analects in Chapter 10. And um, Kongzi, he discusses the prevalence of having instated ways to act in accordance with the rituals morals and ethics exist as a product of rituals and guide society to act in particular ways for example americans traditionally celebrate thanksgiving every year the predictable nature of thanksgiving from the traditional food dishes to the gathering of loved ones to it happening on a thursday Um, is indicative of its greater significance. That is, to remind Americans of their origin, the passage of history, and the foundational American identity. Rituals offer helpful signals to society's shared life and they emphasize the importance of maintaining order through the practicing of the rites. In this way, rituals help society function cohesively in accordance with the way, which is the kind of... Capital T Truth of uh, ancient Chinese philosophy. Rituals are ethically indispensable as society relies on them to preserve social order because the rites offer modes of preserving integrity, strengthening bogs, and providing predictability in life. Kongzi's ideas are relevant even today because human action follows a pattern. We always know this. Although time periods, ethnicities, and activist conditions are vastly different today, societies are connected by our common humanity no matter where they are in the world and wherever they were on the historical continuum. Um, One last thing is that one can see across history and in a modern context throughout different countries and culture the practice of ritual. Traditions mark the passage of humanity's life together by providing moments of gratitude and cohesion. Modern societies are marked by traditions such as, you know, sadly funerals, but, you know, more, more happy, I guess, the passing of the Olympic torch and socially unifying events such as holidays like Thanksgiving. These occasions strengthen communities because through rituals, they connect humanity and give context to our human experience. And in this way, they help us, you know, navigate to our mortality with the context Abiding by the rights, rituals progress society's intention toward moral, ethical, and social cultivation. Ultimately, I'll conclude that human life would be inhumane without ritual. That's all I have for today's episode of Emmaism. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep searching for the truth.